Oh, hey there, listeners and juicers. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you have fallen in love with the Draw Your Dice podcast and want to help put some new fruit on the table, but don't feel comfortable making a monthly commitment, well, you can support the show via the ACAST supporter feature. No gift too large, nor too small. Just click on the link in the show description and know that I am sending you the strongest hug when you do so. Welcome to the Draw Your Dice podcast, the show that calls on the champions and new contenders of the tabletop RPG arena. My name is Jeremy Gage, and I am learning about tabletop game design and publishing. If you are a budding game designer or a veteran looking for fresh musings, stay tuned as we learn about the inspirations, processes, and philosophies of professionals in the industry. What's up, everybody? My name is Grace, and this is a very, very special episode. I have with me a man who (laughs) is, he's a guy, and (laughs) I've suddenly forgotten everything that he does. He is an indie game designer. He is an incredible orator. He is the elusive, mustachioed, Man and also the host of the Draw Your Dice podcast. Excuse me, I have here with me Jeremy Wenzel Gage. Thank you, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. I've heard a lot about it. Good things. Good things. Yeah. Did you hear that there were actually over two thousand downloads of your show over the past four months? Has it been? Four, it's been over four months. It's been about five, six about months. Five months. First episode released in December. That's like maybe yeah. It's a, almost like half a year. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this for a while. Time has flown though. Flown by. And over two thousand downloads. That's that's a huge accomplishment. How do you feel about that? It feels good. It feels unreal. I think every day that some sort of break point I make for myself. Like, it'd be cool if I made, like, got to, like, 2,500. And then, like, huh, 2,500, huh? Wow. Yeah. Didn't actually think it was going to happen. <laughs> so I'm glad people are listening. Yeah, and and they're not just people you you know, or <laughs> it's not just me who's yeah. done all of those 2,500 views. It's, it's just people who are interested in what you have to say and what your guests have to say. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that you're giving all this exposure to to indie game designers. I don't know. I don't know how much exposure <laughs> the people being a new podcast. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying like exposure, <laughs> like you give artists exposure and don't pay them. I'm I'm just saying that you know I just I just think it's nice to to show the underdog for once when there are other games that are getting all of the support out there because there's so much that you can do with games yeah right like there's so much it's not just monsters and and fighters and you know magic honestly the possibilities are endless and that's beautiful yeah yeah so we asked 
for some questions from past guests and friends because they wanted to know more about you, which I also think is a beautiful thing. And the world needs to know that you have so much to offer and that you're so full of love for others. People also love you. That's really special to me. I'm, I'm excited about that. Love is a big um, word. If anyone loves me out there who's been listening, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Tyler Crumrine has said it now officially, <laughs> so. Wow. Things are, things are escalating. Heating up. Yeah, that's hot. To, to preface for this episode, right, according, I don't know what any of these questions are. I'm yeah. not even looking at the computer screen. Not right even, he's staring into my eyes right now. And I've looked nowhere else. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Anyway, to keep this professional, can we keep this professional, please? Like, Ooh. back off, damn. <laughs> okay. All right. So, to recap, Jeremy said he has not seen any of these questions, only I have read them in advance. I'm pretty excited for some of these questions, and I think you're going to enjoy them. Anyway, so. We'll see so, what we can get through in like an hour. Yeah, I. So. I don't know everybody's names because some there are some... You can just use their handles. Handles on here, yeah. But I'm just going to start from the top. Let's go. So, Tyler. Tyler who? Tyler. No last name. Heard. Great. I think it's, I think it's Crumrine. I think so, too. I'm not going to look, but... He has a beard and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> his icon. But anyway, both questions have an exclamation point. So I'm going to read them like that. Give us wine recommendations. Is that it? No, that's the first question. What's the second question? Is it on the same line? Yeah, no. As, oh, okay. It's, it's a, a separate question. <laughs> separate question. Different subjects. All wine right. recommendations. That's really hard. It has to be quick. Okay. First of all, <laughs> wine recommendations is hard to give on a general basis because everyone's palates are very subjective and different. And what I might recommend for one person will taste completely different to another. What I can say, generally speaking, is that often, not always, but often, white wines have higher acidity. So if you don't like acidic wines, you may want to go more in the red direction because tannins help balance that out. But red wines can also have high acidity. You see, already right there is a (laughs) flip-flop answer. Huh, wine recommendations. Okay, I will go with, like, wines that I love. So, I love Vino Verdes, which are from the Spanish region of the world. Yes. They usually have some sort of effervescence to them. They're generally a lighter style white wine, low acidity, lots of floral elements. Can have some components of lime to them, so a very citrus quality to them. Like your favorite desserts. Yes, like my favorite desserts. I love citrus desserts. They're very... Vino Verde is a very happy wine. I would say... Summery. Yeah, very good in the summer. Yeah. Even the spring. Yeah, I'll do seasons. Okay, so my summer wine of choice would be Vino Verde. <laughs> For fall, as things start to cool down... You have 20 more seconds. <laughs> okay. As things start to cool down, I like to move into like more lighter reds, so like Pinot Noirs, or I specifically like Burgundian wine from... Is that France? France. Yep, from France. All right. Uh, <laughs> Cote de Bone is one of my favorite like red-style wines. And then as it gets cooler, I really like a hot mulled wine. So I usually like Syrahs or Barolos and add some spices and make that nice and warm and delicioso. 
And then in the springtime, as everything starts to flourish, I like to open up back into white wines. So I'd pro- I would probably recommend Vino Verde again, but if I had to give a different one, I'd probably do a... What's Five that's? seconds. <laughs> Alberino. Alberino Spanish wines are also really good. Beautiful. That was a great answer. Really missed opportunity with the mauled wines this winter. What the hell were we doing? <laughs> we didn't have a single... Anyway, next one. Tell us your favorite theater experience. Favorite theater experience? I yeah. Think the one that sent me into my college degree that I never got. I had the <laughs> opportunity to play Willard in Footloose. And my ego was so fucking big because I finally got a lead role. So... My high school career of, <laughs> of acting <laughs> included Arsenic and Old Lace. I was like cop number three or some BS like that. That was my first non-musical. And then I did Footloose as Willard. And then after that, I did High School Musical. And I was an extra basketball player person. And then my last one was Hairspray, which was also an extra. But I like extra roles because they get to do more dancing. So... I'm happy with that entire career. So that was my theater experience, and I was happy to have done it. I made a lot of cool friends for that time period of my life and learned a lot about myself. Great. Great. High school theater background. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I went to college for it. No college background, period. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Let's move on to the next question, shall we? Sure. All right. We've got Jimmy Shelter. Jimmy Shelter's on the line. (laughs) Hey, Jimmy. (laughs) But not really. He wants to know if you have any mustache care tips. <laughs> Zero. I do. <laughs> all natural, baby. Yeah, all natural, baby. <laughs> Oils and all. No, I do. I wash my face probably once every like three or four days. That way I don't dry myself out. And Oils. then I have this cool Shea Moisture Lotion daily hydration face lotion 100% virgin coconut oil that I rub on right after I wash so that's my mustache care tip (laughs) it's also if anyone has asked my full face tip oh my gosh you have five more seconds that's it all right gorgeous Um, all right and we are going back to Tyler again. Tyler Crumrine hey, Ty. says, what trends are you most excited about or want to speak into the world? Me and Spencer Campbell, as I talk about in a lot of episodes in, I hope that I understand this pertains to game design, I think, but. I'm assuming. Yeah. But yeah, there is this whole concept of creating a digital ecosystem for your game. D&D Beyond is sort of an example of this. Things like Roll20, Astral Tabletop, and really taking all those separate tools and making them a design principle for future iterations. Also, itch funding is wicked cool. Get from under the thumb of the Kickstarter giant. Let's create a better business for ourselves as designers. And really, what I want to speak into the ethos, and I think this pertains to any artistic or creative endeavor, Charge more for your shit. Let's stop undercutting our friends, our colleagues, our peers. Let's not race to the bottom and make the hard $100 piece of work we work for $5 because we don't feel like people will buy it. They only don't buy it for $100 because people are selling it for $5. And it's worth so much more than that. So have, you know, understand the value of yourself and get that money. Get that money. Understand that money. Understand that your digital project took just as much work as the print product did. So they should be 
a comparable amount of money. <laughs> the digital should not be the cheap option. You know, you guys can't see Jeremy right now, but he had a very threatening look in his <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, Tyler also wants to know, what's your favorite dice size and why? If we're talking, like, actual size, I'm partial to an 11 millimeter, but... Whoa. Whoa. It's windy in here. If we're talking die types, I like the D10 because it's like a top, and that's cool. And 10 <laughs> is a very easy to work with number. 12 is also a good easy to work with number. Lots of ways you can split that up. Twos, threes, fours, sixes. Pretty cool. Cool. Makes sense. I... <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh, Okay, the, it's not about me. It's it's about you. <laughs> anyway, so on another note, Adam Bell mm -hmm. would like to know, if you were to start a non-games-related podcast, what would it be? Hmm. That's a good question. I think that I would, since I'm an infant when it comes to podcasts, I'd probably do something I like or that I have research in. So probably wine or food. For anyone who doesn't know, I cooked, I chefed for 10 years, sommelier for like three years, and that's really about the nitty gritty. So I have a lot of knowledge up there that I'm just not utilizing right now. <laughs> so that would be my non-games related podcast. It'd be wine and food and talking tea. about it. Tea. Tea podcast. Yeah. yeah. We drink a lot of tea in this household. Like a lot, a lot. Like a lot. Like we're we still have so many ounces of lapsing sutra. I think we're 80% tea. Yeah. <laughs> it's 80% <laughs> water or 80% tea. Yeah. Kombucha. The real MVP. MV. Do you know who that is? Yeah. MV. I mean, I'm assuming you do. They're in here. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite movie that could be an RPG? Interesting question. Wait a second. Cool. Go go on. <laughs> Tell us. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're seeing, but here we go. Uh, movie that could be an RPG. <laughs> Great question, MV. I don't talk film a lot. Actually, I don't. I haven't watched a lot of movies recently, so maybe I'd like to do a tell. I'd like to audible into a television show because I feel like I won't give a good answer movie wise. You do watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of TV. Movie. A lot, a lot. I watch a lot of anime. Anime, anime. So much anime. Ooh, that's a good question. Favorite anime that could be an RPG? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> there is one being worked on by. Uh, gentleman named Kevin. I'm not going to butcher your last name, Kevin, but Nice Kill is everything I want from a high Q anime RPG. It would be my life <laughs> if I could see this game come to fruition. But if I have to give an answer that I would design, I think that I would probably do something akin to the Demon Slayer universe for anime. Mm -hmm. uh, Kimitsu no Yaiba for those who speak the Japanese title. But all the breathing technique stuff has some like power system things that could be very cool. I think an obvious answer would be My Hero, but I think Demon Slayer would be very, very cool as an as a RPG. Sweet. The reason I reacted before was that right after that question, Adam Bell asked favorite RPG that could be a movie. So, oh. turning the table on that one. Shit. <clears throat> I'd have to say Band of Blades. 
I think I like big cast of characters, and I think that it would be very cool to grow attached to different squads. I think it would have sort of the same, like, demographical or cultural weight that, like, Game of Thrones had in its... It, you know, everyone's like, what house are you? And blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Like, what squad are you? I think that could be very cool. I'd love to see a television series that was, like, Band of Blades-inspired. I have, I have an answer for... MV. I think that Penny Dreadful would be dope Penny as an RPG. Cool RPG yeah. <laughs> so cool. And I think what triggered that was Band of Blades. I feel like Band of Blades kind of gives me the same dark feels. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to the question. next question, shall yeah. we? We've got Keegan. <laughs> Keegan is asking, famous IP you want to steal and make a game based on? Well, I'm kind of doing that with Magic the Gathering, but if I had to pick, like, a singular IP, fuck, that's hard. I like, I'd have to say League of Legends. I like all the stories and all the lore for the Runeterra universe. <clears throat> Shout out to all my Shuremans and Philiordians <laughs> out there. <laughs> Shurima will rise again. I think the I, I think the IPs from League of Legends I would love to love to rip for sure. Sick. Can you can you tell can you educate the uneducated viewers <laughs> and listeners out there, which which is me? What is an IP? Intellectual property. Interesting. I didn't know that had an abbreviation. Makes sense. All right, all right, all right. We're moving on to the next question. We've got Tyler again. He's asking you. I know the answer to this one. Your go-to karaoke song. Hey, my outcast. Gets the people going. Doesn't require a lot of vocal talent. Requires a lot of dancing. Yeah. Which Jeremy is. It's his forte. I can give a performance. That's for damn sure. I have witnessed this before in a karaoke bar. That that bar was kind of kind of lame yeah. on the lame side. Yeah, on the lame side. No one was real. N- also no one watched you at all. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now you know. I'm fine. Um, I don't give a shit. N- nobody cared. Anyway, get the people going. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What's what's your favorite or what do you think a good song would be that could be an RPG? Like, if you were to turn a song into an RPG, what would it be? This is another brilliant question from Tyler. I think that I see a lot of, like, I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of, like, folk or alternative or rock music turned in the games. But I would love to see, like, more hip-hop-inspired stuff. My obvious answer is Anderson.Pack. Just, I love all of his music. All of his albums are Bangers. Did it ask for a specific song or a specific artist? Song. Specific song. I probably would like to see, just because it has some cultural weight behind it, I'd love to see Lockdown turned into an RPG by Anderson Pack, just because it talks about the BLM movement and, and touches on like some capitalist things and status stuff. And I think it could be turned into like a revolution revolutionary style game. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Cool. So moving on to the next question, we've got Keegan again, <laughs> and there's a theme now. Uh, <laughs> favorite food that could be an RPG. 
Also, sh- shout out to MV for starting this trend. Yeah, drumstick the RPG. <laughs> what? <laughs> a, a chicken leg? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know what the right drumstick now? is. Okay. God, yeah. lord. Uh, favorite food that could be in our ramen. <laughs> like Ooh, a, a, noodle, ramen. a noodle cart or oh, something like so that. Oh, that'd be so fun. Yeah. Or sushi. Yeah, sushi. We know there's already a sushi game, sushi yeah. go, but. I imagine I lo- it's just overcooked. Overcooked the game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Overcooked. So fun. Great. <laughs> I I don't know what this means, but Jimmy Shelter is asking, who's your favorite member of the extended Nard family? Uh, Not a lot to allowed to pick favorites. No, you can. I don't know who, I have who to. Nard That's is. That's the question. Help me. The Nard family. It's I can't <laughs> say it on the air because it will ruin Greg Nard's secret identity. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah>. Heard. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay, got it. I would like to see. <laughs> I would like to see Greg's sister Betsy Nard come on to uh, the Colin show, or even on <laughs> to the DYD podcast. I welcome the whole Nard family to, <laughs> to be here. Are there children? Yeah. Are there dogs? Their dog Kettle Nard. It's a little little dachshund named Kettle. Oh, yay! So cute. All right. I've got a cute question next. Real, okay. real cute. Get ready. Dira asks, what do you love most about Grace? Grace is making a sad face. Grace and Adira are now friends. I'm about to cry. I think my favorite thing about Grace has to be just the child within her. And that means so many things complexly, but there's a natural in wonderment where she wants to see good in the world she sees beauty in a ton of things that other people ignore and she cares so deeply for individuals even if they'll never know it thank you of course (laughs) love you (laughs) (laughs) love you We still recording? Cool, yeah, cool, cool. we're still recording. Turn out the gain a little bit. <laughs> Holy I'm sure shit, yeah. Like How do you feel when you're with me? How do I feel? <laughs> yeah, how does it make Who's you feel? Who's that from? Adira again. Cool, cool, cool. Adira's asking the cute questions. <laughs> <laughs> how do I feel when I'm with you? Like, I always have access to my best friend. Aww. I don't mean that like I use her, (laughs) unless that's what she wants. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, No, I mean that like I always feel support. I never, I never feel unsupported. Not one time. Love you. Okay. Beep, beep, bop. Next question (laughs) is from Tyler. I think this is our Tyler. Tyler. That we know. Yeah. Ty Ulo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Tyler Collins wants to know if you had to trace back your love of RPGs, what was the moment you knew you wanted to be a creator? Uh, This is the question I ask everybody. So my first touch point is D&D 5e. That was the first game I played. Well, that's not technically true. My godfather had a copy of the D&D, I want to say 4e player's handbook, like just laying around because he used the dungeon master back in the day. And we really were trying to figure out how to play the game. Couldn't figure it out. We always talked about when to start. This was like when I was 13, 13 or 14. And then I 
a friend of mine, I started watching Critical Role per recommendation, and then a friend of mine invited me to a game. My brothers were in town, so it was my first game. We all played together, had fun, had a blast, and then had a fun time building a character. And then game design-wise, the first thing that sort of, like, one I wanted to make supplements for was for D&D, and it was when I learned about Matt Mercer's Blood Hunter and about DM's Guild, and that sort of inspired me to start trying to create supplements, like monsters and characters and stuff. And then when I learned about Blades in the Dark and all of the Blades in the Dark hacks, I learned about hacking and how you could take that Creative Commons license or open <coughs> gaming license and start to create wholesale games from that cloth. So that that is my pedigree in game design. Sweet. I learn more and more every day. Sweet. But your your love of games started before that. Oh, so much before that. I mean, yeah. role-playing-wise, I can distinctly <laughs> remember when it was like when the third Pokemon season came out or something like that. Me and three of my brothers, two of us would pretend to be trainers. The other two would pretend <laughs> to be Pokemon. I'd shout flamethrower, and Jason would open his mouth and breathe as hard as possible. <laughs> and we would try so to sweet. figure out who wins. Uh, it got violent sometimes. There was some hard wrestling. That was our um, version of wrestling. Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon battles. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Cool. So... Tyler also asked, in your opinion, what is the biggest barrier to first-time TTRPG players? Biggest barrier? I think that it's D&D. I think D&D is the biggest barrier because D&D sets the precipice for your perception of what an RPG is. And D&D is not an easy game to learn by any Mm -hmm. stretch of the imagination. It is all about combat. It's little about role play. But Mm -hmm. all the touchstones that you get, like Critical Role, Dimension 20, Rivals of Waterdeep, like a lot of those games and a lot of those players have like trained actors as a part of their team. And so they know how to narratively improv and riff off one another and they make it look easy to some extent that... You know, they only really engage with the game when it absolutely requires them to do so. So when you learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons, you're like, oh, so it's like Critical Role. And that's not necessarily true. Your GM is not Matt Mercer. Your other players at the table are not Liam O'Brien and Sam Regal and <clears throat> Travis Willingham and Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey and Talison Jaffe and Ashley Johnson and Marisha Ray. I said Ashley Johnson twice. <laughs> I forgot who the setup was. But, like, you are not a table of voice actors. And right. so your experience is in no way going to couple to the critical role experience. And that can sometimes be disheartening for people, especially mm-hmm. when you have a GM who super doesn't vibe in that way. They want to play the game. Right. And you didn't come to play the game. You played to it. You came to improv with your friends, at least if that's your first touchstone of what D&D is. So I think the biggest barrier to someone playing an RPG for the first time is that that barrier is that the first game they usually play is D&D 5e. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a ton of easier games out there. There are a ton of different settings and stories that vibe with that narrative epic intent that critical role displays that can be easily uh, more easily surmised into a different medium. Right. A different excuse me, a different tool set. Right. I think that TTRPG, what people need to realize is that it is such a massive umbrella. Mm. Like, there are so many different kinds of games that use 
different systems and the complexity level ranges an insane amount. And for me, D&D was the first RPG game that I've played. And I think that I had never seen Critical Role when I started playing. And I think that the numbers in D&D just caused me to seize up because I'm not a numbers gal. And I, I literally just didn't, I was totally... Um, ignorant to the entire world of TTRPG. And I really hope that the future is not like that. I just had a conversation with Chris Bissett about how someone told them that we should start thinking about RPGs as separate from D&D and consider D&D like its own Thing. Like, there are mm. RPGs, and then there's D&D. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I vibe with that. I think that D&D has become so much more than a game. It is a brand now. Yeah, exactly. It's a branding and marketing tool for actual plays, for Critical Role. Critical Role is so tied into D&D at this point that, like, how would they ever pivot if something went wrong? Would their mm-hmm. whole company come crashing down if they played something other than D&D? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I think, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone or give anyone advice like don't consider D&D an RPG because it is. And if you like playing D&D, that's also fine. I'm not here to punch down on you. But as a, as a new co- to answer the question, as a newcomer, there are other options for easing people into the hobby with a lot more tools to help supplement first time role players, first time game players, dice rollers, card players, whatever the medium is like there are better tools out there. Heard In my opinion. that. Heard that. Great, let's move on to the next question. This is a cool question. I like this one. I, I have liked all of your questions so far, by the way. Okay, so Tyler asks also. Which Tyler? Tyler Collins. Okay. This is a three-question. <laughs> three-question situation. What's your favorite Steven Universe gem? That's that's one question. Oh. Answer it quickly. Answer quick. <laughs> Try to remember all of them. I don't know if this means like singular or even fusion. Just, I mean, it's whatever you want, baby. It's whatever. Listen, I'm here to answer the people's questions. <laughs> so when it's vague, I have to find <laughs> the answer. Uh, singular gem. While not executed with good character tropes in mind, I have to rep Bismuth because I'm here for any character that is representative of a person of color, even if it's slightly detractful in the way that Bismuth acts. Fusion, or that Bismuth is portrayed in reference to potential harmful stereotypes, but Fusion, like, I think about cosplaying a lot, and I could totally vibe either a Garnet or an Opal cosplay. Or, I'm sorry, not Opal, that's not... Uh, Pearl. Pearl or Garnet. I would Mm -hmm. totally cosplay as. Totally. Can see it. I can totally see it. Oh, yeah. That you already answered the next question. What gem would you be? Kind of answered it. Yeah. (laughs) Garnet or probably Garnet more. Yeah. I like Garnet's vibe. I like Garnet's vibe too. Coolest ever. If you and me were a a fusion, what would our fusion dance be? Fusion dance. I feel like it's a lot of... For anyone who doesn't know, Tyler lives fairly close to me, so we hang out uh, on the reg appropriately with masks and all. But uh, prior to that, I think our fusion dance would probably be something very like... Oh, it's me and you, like Oh, me and you? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Probably modern. Some sort of modern... (laughs) 
and like lots of lots of butt, lots of butt we, and modern. <laughs> we make fun of contemporary dance a lot. <laughs> From you know, so you think you can dance? We yeah. were both big fans way back in the day, and contemporary is just so dramatic. So it would probably be a fusion of that and butt for yeah. sure. Butt modern for sure. There's got to be, there's got to be some some hips hips in do there. Do we do a TikTok of it? Is that the collab? I guess. No. I don't know. We're not doing that. I don't know if I'm there. Don't ask for it, because I'm not doing it. All right, I'm not doing it either. <laughs> All right, it's settled. Okay, next we've got Ty. Okay. T-Y, the Beanie Baby. Hashtag Juice um, Nation. Oh, here we go. You said Juice Nation, and he says, <laughs> in terms of the juice... <laughs> Are you a pulp or no pulp kind of guy? Oh, full pulp. Full 100% pulp. 100% pulp, dude. You need the vitamins that pulp supplies. Dude, pulp will... Bro, pulp. Pulp will fill you up. Pulp will not let you down. Yeah. I'm telling you, pulp is where it's at. You know how like, something is, has refined sugar in it? When it's no pulp. <laughs> what the fuck are they putting in there to add volume to that thing? Corn syrup. Exactly. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> the that's FDA a, is lying to you. That's a juice Drink fact. Drink raw milk. <laughs> juice facts. Hashtag juice Great. Fact. I agree with you 100%. This question refers to both actual juice and TTRPG <laughs> juice. <laughs> Give me the juice. Okay. <laughs> is that, that the question? Yeah, well, it was the whole question in terms of the juice. Are you a pulp or no pulp kind of guy? Oh, this question refers to both actual juice and TTRPG juice. Is that referring to, like, pulp, like... Pulp adventure? Pulp fiction? Yeah. Oh, let's see. I think there's a time and a place for it. If I prefer, I like a nice swashbuckler. I could totally put some pulp in, in the juice of my game. <laughs> put some pulp in the juice yeah. of that game. If, if I have to be honest, <laughs> I leave the pulp in, in my regular juice in my tangible, drinkable juice. So there has to be pulp in my game. Otherwise, I don't stand by juice. Juice Nation is also <laughs> pulp nation. You can't have Juice can't, Nation without pulp. You can't separate the two. It's impossible. You're raw juicing. <laughs> All right. On that note, Magnolian, yes, is asking, Hi, what's your name? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wow, need. No one, everyone always asks what Jeremy, never why Jeremy. <laughs> never how Jeremy. What is your name? Who, who, the, who the hell are you? <laughs> anyway, what are you doing in my house? Uh, my name is Jeremy Wenzel Gage. I'm third of my name. My father oh. is Jerry Wenzel Gage. My grandfather is James Wenzel Gage. So kind of third of your yeah. name. Third J- of your middle J-W-G. name. JWG. Third of your day, JWG. Oh, uh, that's hard. <laughs> I'm good. I got the first dose of my vac- of the Pfizer vaccine today, per the recording of this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. My arm is hitting the sore stages five mm-hmm. hours in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what 3 a.m. looks like, as I've heard everyone gets a little sick around that, that time. That amount of hours. The magic hour, 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> No, honey. Um, all right. We've got a little bit of... We've got a little imagination game here next. Okay. From that doesn't <laughs> sound like a question, so for everyone in the Discord... It is a I, question. I said questions. It's a question. It's definitely a question, but we're going we're gonna to close our eyes, and we're going to 
we're going to picture this from Adam Bell, okay? Okay. So are your eyes closed? Uh, my eyes are closed. Confirmed. His eyes are closed. So Adam Bell says, picture it. You're 60. Your game design career has gone incredibly well. By the middle of it, you had all the resources possible to make your ultimate heartbreaker and all the audience to pick it up. It's the world's most popular game now. <laughs> what is it? Oh, God. I would probably say that it is a very cool, like, roguelike horror, like something very close, like a, like a Hollow Knight heartbreaker. I love Hollow Knight. I think... I would totally love to play in a universe of Hollow Knight, and it does a lot of cool things. I would love to expand on, like, the game mechanics of the game, uh, of that game in a TTRPG space and make characters for it. I think that would be very cool. Sick. Sick. It's the world's most popular game. <laughs> the world's most popular. Cool. I liked that. I liked that little bit of roleplay. Huh? So, <laughs> Magnolien asks again. How did you slash your family come to Turtle Island? What? I don't know. Turtle Island. How did? Okay. It's a question. How did my family and I come to Turtle Island? Is this? Do you know what Turtle Island is? No, I don't know what Turtle Island is. Okay. Okay. We arrived on Turtle Island <laughs> by way of boat vessel after being shipwrecked for days we tied many coconuts together mm-hmm. as flotation devices makes buoyancy sense. tools makes sense how did we get the coconuts on the island that we were on oh shipwrecked island then vessel then turtle island oh okay so we had to get out of let me start from the beginning i was born june 5th (laughs) (laughs) what's your signature weapon this is a separate question oh from magnolian oh my signature weapon shit i think about this every day (laughs) i would (laughs) you'd think that's a joke every day i like they're called, like, kusarigama in games, but they're, like, chain-linked sickles, like a chain weapon, a whip of some sort. I love the versatility of it. So, like, a chain with spikes or blades at the end. Cool. Yeah. Now, I feel like you don't see that one a lot. You don't see a lot of, like, Depends chain... on the anime. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't, Clearly, I don't watch enough anime. More anime. More anime. Always more anime. Next question is from Ty again. You're Nick Fury, and you're putting together the ultimate Avengers team of game designers. Who's on it? Good question. Oh, God. How many spots do I have to fill? Wait, hold on. This is a big question. This is not indicative of any favorites. I'm answering the question. Please, no one be upset. I would do... I will, I, I'll pull from the re... No, I guess it could be anyone. One of them is definitely Adira Slattery. I think she brings a lot to this space and very cool, innovative. And I, I think that she has like a really wrinkly brain. She has some really powerful <laughs> wrinkly brain energy. Uh, so Adira is one. I'll do six. I'll do the classic like six Avengers. Was it six? I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> don't ask me. Adira is one. I'd like to bring... Wow. 
I'd like to bring Aaron Lim to the team because it's about perspective. And I think that I would love to see influences from other cultures inside of that team as well. I'd like to add Adam Vass because they have a lot of both graphic design knowledge, but also a lot of business knowledge. Three more. This is a big question. I'm like running the, like it's that scene out of the matrix where <laughs> they're like, it can be anything in this white room guns. Let's see. I'd like to bring, bring Spencer. We resonate and agree on a lot of things. I think we share very similar design once for the space. So just someone to kind of like high five with basically. Adam Bell, because we have nice shit post energy that we can combine together <laughs> that just become real ideas. So that's cool. <laughs> Keegan and Keegan. Keegan would absolutely make the team because I think that Keegan is unafraid to try anything once and decide <laughs> if they like it or not. So, yeah, that's my team. Amazing. Amazing. Beautiful. Ty also asked, can you go grab me a snack and a drink, please? And that's so that we can take a break. <laughs> Yes, I brought back mochi and tea. No, I mean, like, that's so we can take a break right now in the interview. <laughs> I brought back mochi and tea. All right, so let's let's get back in here. Let's dive back in. And I have Adira on the line again. Let's... I, I don't know what I'm saying. All right, my blood sugar is low. Adira asks, do you want a hug? Always. I... I... The biggest thing that I hate about lockdown and quarantine and COVID, I'm here for the safety. It's a very serious thing. I'm glad that there are people out there taking it seriously. I want to take it seriously, but I fucking miss hugging my friends. Mm -hmm. I miss hugging people. Mm -hmm. I am very much a huggy, touchy, kissy person. Like <laughs> I do. I am. All the above. Oh, all I the, know. All the above. I've kissed my friends. Cheeks. In my earlier days, lips, <laughs> scandal. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. You're my friend. I kiss you. You hug me. Yeah. Yes. I want to <laughs> hug. Grace gives great hugs, but I want to open my hug factory to everyone else. I don't know <laughs> why factory. I became a hug yeah. factory. <laughs> That's all you are that is a, a hug factory. That was a stream of consciousness <laughs> moment if I ever heard it. Jeremy does give wonderful hugs and, you know, of course I'm biased, but... Everyone tells me that Jeremy gives the best hugs, including my whole family. <laughs> so that's cool. I learned from the best, my mom. Aww. Love you, mom. Mama. Rock, paper, or scissors, Adira asks. Oh, shit. Big question. You want to do it right now? We can see. <laughs> well, is the answer which one do I like more? Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's which one you like more. I'm a paper. I'm a paper guy. <gasps> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> You said I was going to be a paper guy? Or no, pa I'm a paper guy. <laughs> I'm a paper boy. <laughs> paper boy. Uh, you want to rock, paper, scissors right now? I guess. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three, shoot. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
See, paper guy, I lost. Paper guy, I lost. I, I did the scissors. Good job. Hot. What <laughs> is... <laughs> I took a sec. What's something you wish more people talked to you about? This is all Adira, by the way. I love it. Adira is really here to like psychoanalyze me, and I'm I'm ready for everything she's bringing to the table. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> What's something you wish more people talked to you about? Talk to me about. I think I know this. Well, I know if I know a few things about you. <laughs> I think. I wish people talked to me more about their future. And what I mean by that is like, I know people don't always want their problems solved by another person. Sometimes they just want to vent. But I think that there are outside the box options that people can find for success. And I really want to help people find their dream, their joy, what they're good at and present options to them that they may not have thought. Cause I, I've, learned about a lot of industries in a small amount of time. Like ever since I left Pittsburgh, all I can constantly think about is how can I make my own way in this world and all the different options that are available to me and how can I make my own business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing I wish people talked more about was death. I think that in America, we have a very disassociated relationship with death. You know, a tragedy strikes in our families and it's always blindsided us. We're never ready for it. No one's ever ready for when someone goes. It'll never be a ready moment. But I think there's a lot that you that you can do to help yourself process by talking to the ones you love. Like, I think every day about talking with my mom about, like, hey, like, when the time comes, because it is going to come, we are not immortal. It is going to be here regardless of whether we want it to or not. And it's going to happen sooner or later, preferably later. But sometimes it is sooner. And I think it's important to talk to the people you love about those moments because they're going to come and don't let them blindside you. And if you need someone else, I don't know. I just, I'm fine with talking about very vulnerable subjects. I live my life pretty vulnerably open. I don't really, I'm not afraid to talk about a lot of stuff. So I guess my ultimate answer is I wish people weren't afraid to talk about things. Mm-hmm. with with me or with anyone. Mm-hmm. I wish that they didn't have to be so private or they weren't taught to be so private because I think that there's something to be said about privacy, but I think there's also something to be said about like being able to talk to people about things and normalizing traumatic situations or normalizing, not normalizing they should happen, but normalize talking about them so we can do something about them. Because if people feel scared to talk about those things. How do we, how do we help people? How do we help people when they're not willing to talk about what's bothering them? Hmm. That's interesting. What did you think I was going to say? No, of course. No, I, I mean, want to know. Well, I really thought you were going to say some of those things because mm-hmm. we've talked about those things. Mm-hmm. Actually, my, my answer was going to be, you want people to talk about their feelings to you. Yeah. And, you know, like the real feelings. Don't just be yeah. polite to me. Yeah. But I think that you said that people are very private or, you know, they're scared of being judged. Mm. I think the word is more so precious. I think people are very precious about 
their lives and their futures and they don't want to they don't want it to be dictated or judged by someone else sure but i think that it's important to listen to others and to view yourself objectively sometimes mm. not saying that you're not allowed to hurt or you know have feelings about about your own life but I think that's an interesting point. What else? What else did I think you were going to say? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it was just like the the feelings thing and and the vulnerability thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting about death, though. Should we get into that? Should we get into that right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was what this <laughs> probably, was probably probably not. That's but, another another. But yeah, we triggered something here. Maybe we'll continue the conversation year, after. Year. Yeah, next year. Anyway, we're we're gonna take <laughs> a slight tone change here. Magnolian asks. Do you want a smooch? With Magnolian? I don't know. Do you want a smooch? <laughs> I'll take I'll take a smooch from Grace. I am open to a smooch from Magnolian. <laughs> I'm open to it. Jeremy's a very open person. I like feelings. That's good. Yeah. Feelings are great. Kissing's not bad. Kissing's Let's not bad. Let's normalize kissing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Whoever wants it. Let's be Come hygienic and safe about it. <laughs> but I'm open to it. Let's yes and it. Yeah. Um, 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 well, it looks like that brings us to the end of questions. You didn't you didn't say that was this is the last question. Do you want to smooch? No, I didn't say that this is the last question. <laughs> Do you want to smooch? I have a question for you. Okay. This is the last question. Gosh, what what's your advice to anybody who is scared to start on their dreams because I've known you for a while. We've been together for four years Mm -hmm. today when this comes out and I've seen you go through a lot of different iterations of dreams or what you think your dreams are. And some of those I think were more practical, like Mm -hmm. practically motivated than this one, I guess, like you, you really thought you could attain some of them, but that your heart wasn't necessarily in them. Mm -hmm. But now through my perspective, it seems like you are truly chasing your dreams. And and this feels like a a very natural place for you to be. So I was wondering if you had advice for Anybody who is game designing or anyone who's scared to take that first step, what would you, what would you say to them? I think this ties back into like talking about how people can accomplish their, I want to help people accomplish their dreams. Cause one of those things is that I guess the, the tip, the advice is that you can't, be afraid to fail, to let yourself down, to have a negative outcome to something. Because I think a lot of people want their first product to be their best product. They want their first instance to be their perfect instance. And that can create a very harmful state of mind where you're constantly, because you'll be on a journey of learning, no matter what your frame of mind is. And you'll keep learning new things about the thing that you're trying to do from other resources, you'll be like, oh, I need to add that to my thing. And I need to add this to my thing. I need to consider this. And what that does is it keeps all the knowledge in your head and it never puts it out in the world for critique 
Because even if you know something, that doesn't mean that you understand it. And the only way that you can find out if you understand it or not is if you put something out for public consumption. Because no one will be more critical than strangers, especially when you think about artistic endeavors. And there has to be a certain skin that you have to grow that shrugs that stuff off and take that try it takes both a thick skin and an insightful mind because sometimes the criticism you're going to get is certainly unwarranted there there are definitely opinions out there that do not matter but behind them to some extent is a sense of there's something here that someone did not enjoy about what I'm doing and I have to decide if I want to make that compromise or not and not making compromise is just as much of a decision as making a compromise. And it helps you develop your own taste in your field, what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do. And so like an example might be, I've seen this in a couple like game design articles about how when you ask for player feedback after play testing and someone says, I didn't like this mechanic, it didn't feel right to me. It's not about the mechanic more so than it is the feeling of the game for that person. And there could be a mismatch of tone and genre for the intention or want from the player or whatever have you, but, or the understanding of the player who came into the game. But there's something there, there's something about the game that they felt wasn't fun, and that's a valid piece of criticism because feeling, game games are an experience at the end of the day. They tell a narrative to some extent. Even if it's like a very mechanically heavy board game, they, they still create an experience for you, whether it be a competitive one, a cooperative one, storytelling, narrative, rolling dice, playing cards, all of those things. Playing card games with lore and fantasy in them because you get to tell a story of two oppositions coming against each other, right? Excuse me. I think that I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to put yourself out there because you'll find people that like you and you will find people that don't like you. And that's a given. And you have to leverage both of those sides of the spectrum to better yourself. Mm -hmm. So stop protecting yourself. Yeah, by, you can't by not being seen, because if you're not seen, then you're, you're just not seen. <laughs> like if you don't put your creative work out there. It's just yours. A common example is like a college degree, right? Like people get college degrees, mm -hmm. but don't like either their college didn't help supplement them with experience or a portfolio. Like a degree doesn't say anything. A degree is status. It doesn't really tell anyone about your experience and or privilege. what you're capable of doing. How much risk are they willing to put into you and what are you capable of accomplishing for them? And so what's more powerful is having work that you're proud of, whether it be small. I, I was I was watching a Game Maker's Toolkit by Mark Brown. Great YouTube series for anyone who's a game designer. I think he has some really interesting insights on the video game side of stuff, but stuff that could apply universally to game design. And he recently did How to Become a Game Designer episode. And one of the things was like, one of the people he questioned made a level using like a level for a shooter in, I can't remember, Unity or something like that. And that's how he got a job with the same company that, that it wasn't Unity, is like their in-game engine for making a level. But that's how he got a job with that game company. And so 
Like, that was him showcasing that I know how to use your tech. I know how to use your tech well, and I can work for you, right? So it's like, that says more than a game design degree that you got from DeVry University. I don't know where game design... (laughs) DeVry is a terrible school if it still exists. (laughs) My brother went to DeVry before they went under. It was a scam. Yeah. Scam school. Super scam. (laughs) All all rounding to don't be afraid to fail. Because you're going to. You can't always win. Yeah. You won't always win. You will not always win. And you don't have the resources to protect you sometimes when you lose. And that's Mm -hmm. unfortunate because everyone has a different starting place. But... You have to be willing to lose. Otherwise, you won't learn. We only stop doing something when it hurts us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a great answer. Thanks for answering that. It was an answer. Big question. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end. Great. <laughs> the end of the, the episode. We're a little over an hour. And is there anything that you want to tell the people, Jeremy? Give hugs when you can. Tell people you love them before it's too late. Find out what you won't compromise for from others. Figure out who gets to have the seats in your heart. You can't have juice without pulp. You cannot have <laughs> juice without... Listen, if... <laughs> if any of you fuckers come into my Discord <laughs> and tell me I can't have juice without pulp, you're not a part of Juice Nation. I'll kick you out. <laughs> You'll get kicked. I am the sovereignty of Juice Nation. <laughs> no, we don't have a sovereignty. We're a we're a technocracy. Oh. Led by scientists. What is technocracy? Led by scientists. Heard. Everything's scientists. Every, everything's Every, tech. Okay. Solar heard. punk. Solar punk. Solar punk. Sustainability. Sustainability. Stains. Sustainability. Woo. Woo. All right. Well, I'm famished, but I have loved reading all of your questions. And I just want to acknowledge everybody um, who said hello to me. It made me feel loved and welcome. And I really appreciate that. And it has been an honor interviewing this handsome man. Who said hello to you? Everyone? Not everyone, but most, I think. Well, maybe not most. Keegan, MV, Goblin King. (laughs) That's Viditya. Viditya. Viditya didn't ask a question, but he said hello, so (laughs) I appreciate that. La, la, la. La, la, la. That's all. (laughs) But still, I I feel acknowledged, and I I appreciate it. I I don't know how to wrap this up. How do you wrap this up, honey? Do you sing a song? Do you want to? (laughs) Is this a new thing? Let's sing a song. How would you wrap it? It's not about me. How would you wrap it up? How would I wrap it up? I don't know. I actually, (laughs) I'm like pulling my collar. I have never been good at at segues. I I have very awkward goodbyes often, especially to strangers. I always say one too many thing. So I can only assume it's going to be like that for this. But you know what? You know what? I'm just going to be confident about it. You all are great. We love you. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm still sweating and my face is hot. So on that note, <laughs> I bid you adieu, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Farewell. Good night, everybody. And scene. <laughs> is it 
now it is. No. Okay, stop. Is it this? No. That's record. Stop. stop. Okay. Square.